Welcome everyone to a new episode of Incognito, where we talk about the darkest secret, the intimacy killer, and the way to freedom. I'm your host, Bishoy. And I'm Rami. And today we have a very special guest, His Grace Bishop Yusuf, who is the Bishop of the Coptic Orthodox Diocese of the Southern United States of America. I uh, would like to welcome you, Sayyidna. Thank, Thank you. you for being I'm here. Happy today. to be with you. Today. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so. I guess we're going to just ask a couple of questions. In the past, we've, in past podcasts, we talk about a lot of different subjects concerning pornography and pornography addictions. So we just wanted to see your take on a couple of different things, and uh, we just, um, we're looking forward to, to, to exploring different things. Uh, firstly, on a spiritual level, what are the causes and consequences of viewing pornography? If you are speaking why people watch pornography, um, Many actually they start watching pornography out of curiosity or they don't have actually the intention to watch pornography but they received just email or the looking on one of these websites and a picture you know uh, came to them mm-hmm. and uh, out of curiosity they start to, to look and to open this page or this email. Some uh, other group they are uh, attacked by uh, sexual immorality. For example, they are attacked uh, by um, masturbation or uh, in any sexual thoughts. So uh, for them, pornography is a way to watch and to satisfy the sexual uh, desire. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another group actually, they learned about pornography by friends. Mm-hmm. So f- come, I will show you something or send him something that's interesting to see, uh, whatever. So ungodly friends uh, can actually uh, initiate somebody's addiction to uh, pornography. Mm-hmm. So one reason or another made people start to watch pornography and get addicted to it. Ungodly friends is uh, like Fisher. Fisher yeah. is a anonymous person who turned in a testimonial, and in their testimony, they said that they got introduced to pornography by when they just came to this country from back home in Egypt. They, uh, they, uh, their friends showed, you know, said, "Do you watch this? Do you watch this?" And that's how they got introduced to it. Yeah. So yeah. ungodly friends is probably very common among teens. Unfortunately, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what would be the the benefits of being not watching pornography on a spiritual level does it get us closer to god does it make us hear god's voice on like clearer how does it help us pornography defile our mind and our hearts Mm -hmm. and actually reduce the whole person into just body or sexual organs and sexual acts so this actually will uh, corrupt my perception of others. Instead of looking at the other as a whole human being, has mind, has spirit, has uh, virtues, has abilities, has talents. No, just he became for me uh, just a body. Yes. Um, And this addiction definitely will blind the person to to be able to see God. Mm-hmm. The Lord said in the Beatitudes, blessed are the pure in heart for mm-hmm. they shall see God. 
So when my heart and my mind are blinded by uh, pornography and all these uh, bad images, uh, definitely I cannot see God clearly in my life. Also, sex is the gift of God to humanity to be used in the right way, in the right time, within the right context, under the boundaries of marriage. Pornography actually give a total uh, defiled and corrupted and uh, inhumane uh, perception of sex. This gift, great gift that God gave humanity, uh, pornography actually puts it very, very down and uh, make it very cheap. Yeah. Uh, and, and this actually will uh, affect how we see one another, influence uh, the decision of marriage. And after marriage, for married people who watch pornography, it can actually cause a lot of, um, of marital problems. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, our relationship with one another affect my relationship with God, and my relationship with God affect my relationship with one another. Yes. So marital problems will be reflected on my relationship with God, and my relationship with God will be reflected on uh, marriage, marriage, uh, marital problems. Uh, sexual harassment and incest and all these things actually again happen because if the mind is corrupted by pornography uh, then when I see any person I, I'll see him as a, a sexual object yeah. so if I, if I don't have self-control I, I can cross my boundaries and just either verbally or physically you know harass somebody else etc so definitely uh, pornography ruin the person's relationship, his relationship with others, and definitely his relationship with God. In our research, we've, we've, we've come to the conclusion, which is a very easy conclusion to come to, that it's one of the most destructive things anybody can take a hold of, whatever it's severe addiction or even mildly just curiosity. And in the past, we've explored global statistics about um, pornography exposure. So we're wondering how often have you come across pornography addiction or issues relating to pornography exposure in your many years of service in this diocese? Definitely recently, it's more than before. Yes. Uh, recently, I, I can say in the last 10 years, but it is increasing. Uh, before this, uh, I think internet was not common. Uh, you know, you have uh, internet and data on your phone is mm -hmm. not common. So now actually because Everything is on, on, on your phone. Yeah. Pornography became more uh, accessible. So uh, many are in denial. Many, they are embarrassed to confess it or to refer to it. Mm -hmm. uh, many, they hide it. And uh, so not many people speak clearly about it but does it exist yes it exists uh, and i think i read a research 
said uh, 95% of all human beings watched pornography at least once, even by just uh, coincidence. Mistake. Uh, uh, even a, a mistake. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, so it's it's very very destructive, mm -hmm. uh, especially to to family life, and to, to our relationship with one another. And yeah, that was one of the questions actually we were going to ask you um, about how how much of a contributing factor is it to marriage, and you touched on that. So, kind of like when you mentioned that people are in denial or embarrassed or don't want to. What is, what would you like to say to the people who are feeling the embarrassment of sharing and really want and need the help, but they are afraid, especially the people who, who are servants. They feel like I'm living a double life. I'm a, I'm a hypocrite. I don't want to be watching pornography, but then at night I'm going to give Sunday school. And they really want to get rid of it. But like you mentioned, your grace, they are afraid or embarrassed or anything like that. What's your message to them? Before I, I say my message, I want to say clearly how it ruined the relationship within marriage mm -hmm. and even before marriage, but within marriage. Sometimes, you know, uh, people who are watching pornography either refrain completely from having uh, intimate relationship with their spouses, refrain completely, why? Uh, the husband, for example, definitely the research says and statistics, men watch pornography more than women. So if the husband is watching pornography, uh, he cannot imagine that his wife uh, will be in such situations. Uh, that's why this can reflect by he refrained completely from having intimate relation with his wife. Uh, because in his mind, sex became so bad and he cannot imagine this respectful uh, wife to, 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 to do such things. Yeah. Or the opposite. He starts demanding from his wife what he is watching uh, to be done mm -hmm. and if she says no actually uh, this can cause uh, a problem so it can be one extreme or another extreme another thing in pornography uh, after people watch pornography for a certain time what they watch it they became too normal for them yeah. it doesn't excite them anymore mm. so they will go to something more um, perverted, yeah. you know. And then this perverted became, after some time, normal to them. Mm -hmm. So they will go to something more pervert, and, that, uh, uh, and so on. So there is no limit actually here, uh, and no satisfaction comes from the pornography. But it will pervert the mind more and more and more and more. Definitely, if this before the marriage, this will yeah, make the marriage fail from day one. And if it is in the marriage, it, definitely it will affect the marriage and uh, can, can be a reason of infidelity. Mm -hmm. So somebody will go for 
يعني I'm sorry to say for a prostitute in order to find this section that he, he watched in, in the pornography. But regarding our physical body, when we have any illness, even in a very sensitive areas, we go and expose our body to the physician or the surgeon in order to get healed. And we know that we need, we must do this, otherwise we'll never be, uh, get cured. Mm -hmm. So my message is it is uh, uh, bring embarrassment and, and shame, but I can use this shame for me, not against me, yeah. or this embarrassment. So I have to go and uh, repent and, and share it with my spiritual father in order to guide me and to pray for me, then this embarrassment should help me before uh, watching pornography to stop me. Because I know that I will be in this situation again. Do I want to put myself in this situation again or not? So I can use this shame and embarrassment as an energy to help me uh, to refrain and to repent from watching pornography rather than uh, prevent me from repentance and confession and sharing uh, my weakness with my spiritual father. Right. So that's very, to some people, it's very, it's easier said than done. So the shame that we, we have to use for me as a sense of motivation and an energy to, to, towards freedom and repentance Sometimes it's very difficult. So that being said, how can someone who's struggling fight the thought of losing confidence in themselves because they fail many, many times in their pursuit of this repentance? It's, it's uh, discouraging to fall many, many times and, and uh, discouraging to get, to get back up. Or even f lose the, the confidence in God. If you're like, God isn't helping me. I've been praying a lot. I have did what Abuna said and nothing is working. I've been trying for years. There is a biblical principle, uh, and if we apply this biblical principle, it can help us uh, to get complete uh, healing and recovery from pornography. Uh, the biblical principle is radical amputation. What do I mean by radical amputation? When the Lord said, if your eye causes you to sin, he did not say, close it. He did not say, if your arm causes you to sin, withdraw it. He said, cut it off, block it out. Of course, not literally. But this concept is what we call radical amputation. What means radical amputation in practical term? For example, internet is the cause of, of addiction, pornography addiction. Then I will not use smartphone that has internet and has the data. I will not use, I just get very old phone like the Motorola, you know, I, 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 that's what I'm going to use. Mm -hmm. So I will not be tempted, you know. Uh, if I'm living by myself, I'm not going to have internet on my house. Mm -hmm. going to tell me, but what about my work, my, mm -hmm. etc. I will go to public library. It's not convenient, yes, it's not convenient. But that's what uh, it takes to overcome addiction. Mm -hmm. You know, 
we have a rehab center uh, here in Florida. So in one of the graduation, uh, when some students finished uh, the program, uh, one of the words that w w was uh, said to them, which actually touched my heart, it was said to them, you took nine months out of your life to live in this place in complete isolation to overcome this sin in your life. You know? That's what it, 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 that's how serious these people were in order to overcome this mm -hmm. sin. So if I'm serious about overcoming pornography, I need to do this principle, radical amputation. You know, if I say, you know, I will strengthen my will more, does it, not gonna work. So the Lord said, block it out, mm -hmm. cut off. So I, if I live with somebody in, in my home and I cannot uh, yeah, disconnect the internet completely, at least uh, my phone, I said I'm not gonna use smartphone, but my computer, I will put it in public place. Mm -hmm. uh, when I do my work, I do it in, in a public place. I'm not gonna go into my room and sit by myself. So it has, uh, like the two angels, when they said to Lot, uh, who was living in Sodom and Gomorrah, flee for your life. We need to escape. We need to run away, mm -hmm. run away from this temptation. But staying around while I'm saying I will be stronger, I will have will, no, not gonna work. Besides all other things like prayer, support system, um, spiritual direction, I, I did not say all these things yes. because they are known. But I want to emphasize the importance of radical amputation. Mm -hmm. Radical amputation, that is the treatment for addiction. Right. That's why we put them in, in nine months in a complete isolation. That's radical amputation. So, Your Grace, you mentioned the idea of the phones, how easy accessible it is. And I feel like switching gears to parenting and parents who are listening to us, um, is parenting getting harder or is it just different issues? I feel like when we were doing the research, you see, okay, now you need to talk, or in, in the past, parents need to talk to their kids about sex. Now they need to talk to their kids about sex and porn. And I was just looking later in an, in an article and they need to talk to their kids about technology. So my question to you is, what is the right age to talk to the kids about those three things? And what is the language that be used? And if there's any programs in the church or the diocese that helps with that? Uh, I think they should talk to their children about all these issues as soon as the children start learning about this issue from the outside world. I hear now cartoons is not clean. Cartoons, they teach uh, homosexuality, yes. mm -hmm. transgenderism, mm -hmm. you know. So I, I think even for very little children, uh, they, they need to speak to them. Family is father and mother. Mm -hmm. Male and female marry, have children, yeah. you know. So, so this simple principle, that is the normal family. And uh, 
the, the more the children grow and their understanding grow and their exposure to the world grow, the, the parents should be proactive, mm -hmm. not reactive. Not un I wait until they hear about it and then I correct. But if they tell them upfront, they will protect them. Uh, I, I heard from many youth. For example, if parents talk to them about, for example, smoking or uh, drinking, or, or the church talk to them about this, before the exposure, then when they are exposed, they are able to say no. But if nobody told them about this, and then somebody told them try this, mm -hmm. weed or cigarette or whatever, or alcohol, they may try it. Yeah. And then they end up addict. Same apply for sex. When uh, youth or children heard about sex from their children, from their friends, ungodly friends, mm -hmm. uh, and they just tried to experience something uh, out of curiosity, uh, they become addict to it. And it will be difficult. I'm not saying impossible, but it will be difficult to fight it back. But if they heard about it from their families first, or the church first, mm -hmm. before they go. Yeah, yeah. I, I know some people who are fighting homosexuality. Nobody told them about this. Mm. Nobody told them about don't let anybody touch you. And when they were children, they were exposed to this in school. Mm. And now they are fighting homosexuality. That's how it started with them. Uh, some ungodly uh, friend introduced this to them. So parents should be more more alert. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have to be proactive. And how, do I, how should I say it? They should not say, this is the responsibility of the church. Mm. They should take first-hand responsibility. Yes. You know, these are your children. <laughs> Don't let somebody else take care of your children. I'm not saying it's not our responsibility as a church to teach our children, but these are your biological children. Yeah. You need to watch for them. You need to teach them. You need to uh, warn them about the danger around them, about the evil around them. Uh, believe me, parents who taught their children the, the, the danger of these things and how to use technology in the right way, how to use internet the right way, etc. Uh, uh, the children will protect it. Before I, many, many parents get to their children iPad and iPhone and, you know, and they don't put any policy with them. So the child start addict on games or cartoons or just uh, social media. And then he will go and, and watch pornography. And, and nobody controls them. That's why there have to be a policy right. uh, with their children. And maybe uh, during the younger age, yeah, I, I give them a, a, a phone, not necessarily a smartphone, just to yes. keep you know connection between me and, uh, and them when they are outside. Mm -hmm. If they're going to use something smart, maybe in the house, but mm. in, in public area. There has to be some policy. Yeah. But we give our children everything, and then later on, 
who start to complain. Mm-hmm. Uh, my children is addict, they watch pornography, they do this, they do that. But it is me who did not made, he did not make uh, like a protocol or a policy how to use these things. Nobody taught me how to use my phone in the right way. Right. I, I, I'm smiling because what you're saying about the give the child like a, not a, it doesn't have to be a smartphone. I remember when I was a kid and we just came from Egypt, my mom wanted to communicate with us when we were at school. So she gave us the cheapest phones. And I remember I used to be so embarrassed. But now I'm thankful it wasn't yeah. like a smartphone or something because it was just purely communication, nothing else. And yeah. the phone had strict minutes. I couldn't even call anybody I wanted. <laughs> so sometimes the minutes would cut, and yeah. even in the middle of the sentence, it just go. Like, yeah, yeah, at that time, we feel embarrassed. Right. But later on, we're appreciative right. because yes. they protected us from many, many things, actually. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like the proverb, uh, train up, uh, it's a very famous proverb, train yeah. up a child in the way they should his be. Way. They will exactly. never stray away from it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. So this is, okay. So this is, this question is, I guess, this next, my next question is a little bit, um, it could be a little bit difficult, but difficult to the, to the viewers understanding the, 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 the answer. So I guess you can split this if you'd like in a teenager or an adult uh, answer. Maybe even separate them. What would you say to someone who thinks have a who thinks they have a good understanding of what sex is because of what they watched in porn you know what i mean so what what someone who let's say person a they think they know what sex is because of the things they've seen in online videos what sort of message to to go out for that person if it was a teenager or an adult or maybe both i'm assuming that you say uh, they know that the the good sex is the opposite of what what they are uh, watching in pornography. Yes. Or they learn sex as they watch in the pornography. Well, a lot of times that's the case. Yeah. They learn it because of they've seen it. They like think th- this is this is the when I get married, this is how I, this is how sex is going to look like. No, actually, uh, this argument is very very bad argument. I'm I'm very concerned if somebody learn about sex from pornography. Mm-hmm. Uh, because pornography never teach good sex. It teach perverted sex, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, pornography actually, uh, teach how things are done according to the standards of the world which are not godly standards. Uh, in First Thessalonians chapter 4, when St. Paul spoke about the relationship between uh, husband and wife, St. Paul said, Each of you should know how to possess his own vessel. He was speaking about the intimate relationship. In sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. And here I want to emphasize that not everything is acceptable between husband and wife. 
some people think that anything in pornography, as long as they are married, though anything they watch it, they can do it. No. Mm -hmm. St. Paul here said, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. So it's very clear here that not everything provided to us by the world, you know, we, we can apply it in, in our life. Uh, and God made the eye to see, the ear to hear, the nose to smell, the mouth to eat and to speak, you know. So God made for every organ certain function. To use an organ for a different function is sinful. It's not right, you know. But that's what the, the pornography teaches. Mm -hmm. So pornography never teaches uh, godly or, or sex as intended by God. Never. Uh, there are some Christian books actually uh, that teaches uh, like Christian sex education and, and Christian books that teach these things. And this should be the responsibility of the house and the responsibility of the church to do uh, sex education Christian sex education, and also uh, can be more elaborate, like in the premarital yes. uh, conventions or mm -hmm. retreats or programs, uh, it, it, and can answer some questions. Yeah. But let me assume on the opposite side that they are saying uh, that these things are bad in pornography, so the good sex or the, the Christian sex is opposite what they are watching. Mm -hmm. But to answer this, I don't have to put my hand in fire and be to be burned in order to understand how a normal hand looks like. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds know? silly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it will defile my, my mind. Yeah. Uh, there is a book called Spiritual Economy by Father Matthew the Poor. In, in this book he said, if you watch a bad image, Satan will make millions of copies and keep these copies in your subconscious. And then uh, during time actually that you are praying or you are reading the scripture in order to bother you, then he will get some copies from this image and put it in your conscience mm -hmm. in order to bother you and to affect you. Yeah. And to get rid of, to forget one image, it may take some time actually in order to be completely deleted and erased from your memory. So wh why should we ruin our life like this? Yes. Why? We should not. Yeah. I'm sorry to backtrack a little bit to the parents part. Some kids are going to be like, Baba, you know what? I have the worst phone at school and I'm embarrassed. Like what Romeo uh, was saying. What should the parents say? Because if the parents say like, uh, honey, you're going to learn when you grow older, 
kids are not satisfied these days with these answers, and they have that sense of entitlement. What should the answer be to them that in, in a manner that they would understand? Uh, one of the youth uh, called me one time and told me, uh, Sayyidna, I am very lonely here. Uh, all my friends go out to parties and drinking, and, and uh, I cannot go with them. Uh, so I, I'm suffering from loneliness. Mm -hmm. What should I do? So I told him it's better to suffer from loneliness than to suffer from sin. Loneliness is treatable, but sin, it can take a, a, a bad fight in order to overcome sin. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use the same uh, logic mm -hmm. to the children uh, to tell them, you know, yes, I know you are embarrassed. So here I identify with him, mm -hmm. but it is better to suffer from embarrassment than to suffer from, you know, uh, bad sins or bad addictions that can ruin the rest of your life. Uh, if they insist on the argument, which a typical teenager would do, yeah. I will tell him what the Lord said to Peter. You don't understand what I'm doing right now, but you will understand later. So just if you trust me, listen to me, and you will understand later. Yeah. And believe me, if there is a trusting relationship was built between children and their parents from their infancy, even if they you know, don't agree, but because of this trusting relationship, they will accept it. Mm -hmm. But if we did, didn't build this trusting relationship okay. with our children from their infancy, going to be a fight. Yeah. It's not going to be an easy mm -hmm. for, the, for parents. That's why working to have a trusting relationship with our children from their infancy is very, very important. The relationship based on the balance between love and control. You mentioned earlier, Sayyidina, about services in the diocese. One of them was the premarital convention. But what others? What are some services uh, do you recommend inside our diocese for anyone struggling with porn addiction? Uh, actually, if, if born born addiction, uh, this needs actually rehabilitation center. It depends on the severity. Mm -hmm. I wish one day that we can have like a support group uh, because support uh, is a very very also important therapy for addiction uh, besides the radical amputation mm -hmm. uh, so to be able actually to sit within a group and be vulnerable and admit my weakness and uh, of course this is done in the confession and in confession beside this i receive the power of absolution which actually uh, release me from the bondage of any sin but also support group are very important and it is uh, like com complementing what happened in the sacrament of confession. Uh, and like in, in, in our uh, rehabilitation center, 
we have um, a group therapy. It's like a support group. So in this support group, we I, I vulnerable. I, I admit my weakness. Other people hold me accountable. And, and this actually will help me to overcome. Uh, but in our culture, uh, it may take some time to accept the idea of support group, for example, for uh, sex addiction. Maybe it's easy for uh, drug addiction because mm -hmm. everybody knows that I'm doing drug. Yeah. But for sex addiction, most of us, we hide it. We are not uh, willing to speak about it. And even we speak about it to our father of confession, we hint it. We don't speak explicitly about uh, But support group, uh, for sex uh, addiction uh, can be very, very helpful, mm -hmm. especially if it's guided by Christian principles. Yeah, it will be done under the church. Yes. Yes. So does this can be done on a local level? Yeah. In each person's looking, community. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Church community. Church mm -hmm. community. Exactly. Yeah. And that was our idea, actually, when we first like yeah. had the idea to start the podcast, is that at one point when we grow, we need to have that support group so that right. we're providing people with the solutions on the podcast but at the same time on a personal level too yeah. and even if someone from the outside we can do it online but we still don't have the uh the means to get there yet but with your god blessing willing. and your prayer we will we'll get god there willing yeah but we god willing it. and maybe the younger generation will be more open yes to it than the older generation mm -hmm. yes that's uh, true uh, yeah. yes uh, and and the moderators should be trained Absolutely. how to guide these Absolutely. support groups uh, because, uh, yeah, I, I spoke about how support group are very, very successful, mm -hmm. but if it's not guided in the right way, it can be also very destructive. Yes. So, absolutely, absolutely. Your Grace, we just like I know we kind of like we tried as much as we can to you know talk to the parents, talk to the people who struggle, and just try to address different demographics. But one final message you have for the, two messages, one that you have for the elders in the church, the priests, Sunday school servants, parents, and the other messages with the people that struggle with the sin, genuinely struggle with the sin, and want to be free one day. What would you tell those two categories of people? I'll start first by the message to the people who are struggling. I will tell them, don't ever lose hope in victory. Yes. Uh, I, I said it to many people, I am not worried about your struggle with this sin. I'm worried more about you losing hope. Because mm -hmm. if the person starts to lose hope, then it's difficult. Um, so keep, keep the good fight. Yeah. Keep, keep fighting the good fight. And many times, actually, God delay our victory to keep our humbleness. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to repent from any sin, including sexual addiction, rather than repenting from pride and arrogance. Uh, the Lord was able to lead people to repentance, tax collector, adulterous, uh, thieves. But the prideful religious leaders of Israel did not repent. Yeah. Uh, and in heaven, there is a crown of victory 
and crown for striving. So nobody actually, when he go to heaven, he defeated all sins in his life. Yeah. When we die, definitely there will have be some sins who are fighting yeah. against until we die. Mm -hmm. So we will get the crown of striving yeah. because I, I fought the good fight, mm -hmm. you know. So don't lose hope. Yeah, and even if you are not going to get crown of victory, but you will get crown of, of striving, don't lose hope. Uh, that's my first message. Second uh, message to the people who are struggling with the sin, fight the good fight. Any, any war has rules. And if you don't follow the rules, you will be defeated. As the rules we said, you know, uh, radical amputation. Another rule said support. Another rule, accountability. You need to find accountability. Your father of confession should hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. you know, many times when the people uh, fall in, in such a sin, I, I tell them, and if they are, yani, uh, if I'm their father of confession, I tell them, contact me the same day. Why the same day? Because Satan used a technique. For example, if you repented and you confessed today, then you will be good for maybe 10 days. Then you will fall. So the logic Satan is going to use it here. Now you fell in this sin. So it's okay to repeat it until next confession. So I repeat it from this day until next confession. So I repeat it maybe for three weeks. So I have 10 days uh, away from the sin, but three weeks I'm falling in the same sin. Mm. But if he contacted me on the same day, then he will keep another 10 days and maybe he will fall again. Then contact me again another 10 days. So in a period of one month, he fell twice. Mm -hmm. like, but in the previous scenario, in the period of one month, he felt for he fell in for 20 days. So the body, in order to forget sin, you know, I, I don't want to live in this sin for a longer time. Mm -hmm. So this accountability is very, very important. So that's what I mean by fight the good fight. Um, again, in any fight, I cannot do it by myself. I need the grace of God. Without the grace of God, I cannot be victorious in my life. So, uh, if you are fighting radical amputation, accountability, but you are not praying, how are you going to defeat the sin? Uh, Mar Isaac of Syria said, if anybody believes that he can repent without praying, he is deceived from the devil. Because praying is the grace of God that will support me in fighting against the devil. Yes. Don't lose hope. Fight the good fight. And uh, know how precious your purity is. Because pure means seeing God. Impure mm -hmm. means you cannot see God. So it worth the fight, it worth the inconvenience, it worth the embarrassment, it worth the uh, strictness that 
uh, I, I will do to myself in order at the end to keep myself pure. For the priests, Sunday school servants, parents, etc., uh, we need actually to know our responsibility in not only uh, helping our youth who are struggling, but in protecting our children, our youth, from being exposed to these sins. And uh, uh, as I said, we need to be proactive, not reactive. Uh, and while I am helping them, as St. Paul said, watch yourself, because nobody is above temptation. Yes. We need to watch ourselves. Uh, St. Paul said in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1, if anyone is taken in over um, in any trespass, if, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such one in a spirit of gentleness. That's number one. When a person comes to me struggling with this sin, I should not uh, look down on him in a judgmental way, in um, putting him down. How come? How dare you do this? No, God is angry with you. No, no. Spirit of gentleness, as the Lord did with the Samaritan woman, as he did with Mary Magdalene, as he did with the sinful woman in the house of the Pharisee, as he did with Zacchaeus, in the spirit of gentleness. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So, be proactive, protect your children, help them to be treated, don't be judgmental, but in a spirit of gentleness, correct them and lead them in the way of purity, but watching yourself, lest you also be tempted. Thank you so much, Sayed. And that was, uh, thank you for blessing us and being with us here. It was a great interview, and we enjoyed it so much. My um, pleasure.